I did find a way to actually get rid of the countdown, which I am so happy. Oh, me too. Oh, that's good. Did you, did yeah. you see it? There was nothing. It was just like, boop. There was no countdown. It just started recording. That's good. Yeah, because I think that was always, that always gave me a slight like anxiety of like, we're not last bit. And then it's gonna, it means that we get an extra three seconds of recording time in, which makes us so much more productive. <laughs> In comparison to the to the two hours we're about to record, and then I have to I have to find a way to make it into I, an hour. I mean, look, three seconds or three seconds. If you're not if you're not maximizing every every second of your time, you're failing. Every breath you take. <laughs> At least you're less of a human being than you were before. You're not you're not fulfilling your uh, your potential. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about productivity, productivity then. Let's yeah. do it. Come yeah. on. I don't think we're starting on right foot because we already, <laughs> I think, it's it's very obvious that both you and I have a very strong opinion. And it and it resonates... No, actually, hold on. I don't think we have the same opinion on the matter. I think well, over time, I'm becoming more and more radicalized on this. I yeah. think you still, you're still fairly open to a lot of the things. But shall, shall we start? Shall we start Let's talking start. about productivity? Paul, what is productivity to you? Productivity. Productivity is getting stuff done, and mm. I would say feeling productive and being productive are two different things. And mm. I think this is something that we can maybe dig into for me and for you. Actually, we talked obviously last time about new roles and stuff, and I have found the definition of productivity is so contextual to what you're doing. And I think I'm going to get into this more, but I think at, it, at its core, right? If you ask me, what is it? What is what does being productive mean to you? Being productive means I feel like I am getting stuff done. In there is work. a book written with that same title. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which a whole productivity system stemmed from the GTD system. GTD system. So which I use a little bit you, of. I was about to say, do you follow that, Paul? Not, not strictly, no. I I like the framework. So what I do, I like having a weekly review. I think that's a helpful... So for those folks who don't know, so the GTD system, Get Things Done, very, very famous productivity system. It's one of a number, but essentially it came from... There's a, there's a book about it. It's definitely worth reading. And to be fair, it's one of those books which, when I read it at least, it wasn't like you must do everything prescriptively that I'm telling you. It's saying this is a framework for getting stuff done. But essentially, you organise your to-do list into your inbox, into your what's called someday maybe, and your tickler or can't start yet. And the idea is you say, I'm going to categorise everything I have to do into three different ways of doing it. Um, And then attached to that and there, there is more I'm kind of this is a wildly oversimplified version but this is kind of the bit I use of it it then has a concept called a weekly review which I found really helpful and I found really really helpful particularly in a job that doesn't have a natural structure to it and I think again the way that you apply uh, a system of, of working is so dependent on the structure of job that you have and if you have a really like tight structure and set schedule you probably don't need this as much but if you don't have it it's for me that's why i find it helpful and a weekly review basically means end of the week for like half an hour you sit down you go through all of your stuff 
you clear out your inbox and then you prep for next week. Do you write this down somewhere? It's a checklist. So I right. have a, I use Todoist mm-hmm. and it has recurring, so the Todoist app and it has recurring tasks. So yeah, you can get it, you can just, if you just search GTD, there's a bunch of articles that will tell you how, if you want to look into it and set it up. But the weekly review kind of goes through, it goes through a number of different things. So you, the idea, it, again, it gives you different frameworks and I've kind of toyed with it. But essentially I'm, turn off Teams, put my phone on focus mode. I kind of turn myself in and go, right, I've got 30 minutes. I just need to like process stuff. And so there's a list of things that you go through. And the idea is it's a bit like building habits. You go through, you do the same things every single week. So you're starting each week from the same point. So from a, a work perspective, it's a really useful way of feeling of not ever feeling like or within reason when you start getting to the end of the week feeling like okay I, I can close the laptop put stuff to bed I feel like I have you know organized what I need to do next week into you know a priority list it also means for me and I think this is where it's helped me a lot is it's helped me deal with the Sunday scaries because I mm. used to really, really struggle with them because I'd be like, oh, I don't know what I'm going into next. And there was extrinsic factors in that that was the worst when I was working in support. So I wouldn't know what had come in over the weekend, what I was going to have to deal with. But actually, even when I moved into pre-sales and I didn't have that same immediate pressure, I would still be going into the week going, I feel like I'm behind. Actually, taking this kind of approach of just working through the backlog of emails looking at what you've got coming up in the following week and going for each day you know again this is for, this is personally for me i go do i have time to get outside do i have time to do some exercise go for a run go to the gym and those are two separate things like going outside like a half hour walk right i might go get coffee come back uh is there anything that i need to be like prioritizing is there anything i need to move because it just means that you're then in a position to go into that week feeling more kind of prepared for it. So that's how I that's how I approach using GTD. Have you ever tried it? Have you looked at it? Oh, buddy, I have tried okay. them all. Okay. <laughs> I am a productivity system connoisseur, if you may. <laughs> I have practically, I think over the last seven years, I think I've tried all, if not... Let's not say all of them because there's new ones popping in all the time. Let's say most, especially the most popular one. You know, the whole, like when the second brain uh, methodology came out, like, oh, I was all over that. GTD was definitely like the, it was my first, I guess, experience with the productivity system. The problem, okay, I'm not going to go into the problems because there are many problems with all of them. (laughs) But I think you've nailed ahead something there that I want really folks, whenever we're talking about any of the productivity and again, I have a very radical opinion nowadays, which is, which is drastically different from what I did before. Um, whatever productivity system, whatever you're listening to other people say, including listening to Paul now, talking about his weekly review, talking about like, you know, how, you know, the t- where you're storing your tasks, how are you organizing them, all of those grain of salt, you know, don't take it as gospel, pick and choose very carefully things that fit you. 
just because one thing works really well for someone very successful and very famous, and you say like, "Oh, this person, if I just do things exactly like they do, I'm definitely going to be rich and successful and, and everything else, and I'm going to be able to, you know, get up at 5 a.m. and go work out, and then you know, write three books in a in a month." Not going to happen. Stealing someone else's system is not going to work. But yes, so I did grab a lot of things from from getting things done. Things like the inbox, that was one thing that has sort of stayed as a, again, I don't have a, because in the book, folks, and by the way, I don't recommend reading the book. <laughs> it's one of those books that is like a bit of a slog to read through. But also, maybe if you are going to be looking things up, look up different sources of reviews, because obviously the different writers will pick up on different things from the book. It's just the book itself is a humongous slog to go through. And if and if that's your first sort of like step into productivity, oh goodness. Oh. And it's also like, you know, it's a fairly old book as well. And it doesn't, they, I think he, he tried to like update it a couple of times to make the, the content a little bit more applicable to nowadays world, but it's just, it doesn't, it, no. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, that's fair. And I would say, I would say if you could equally go and watch a few YouTube videos on it. And to Lydia's point, don't just watch one of them watch like three or four and kind of take note of what you what grabs you what you think oh that's an interesting way of doing it don't don't assume like i would say what works for me is almost certainly not going to work for you because you are not me and my brain works in a different way to yours and that's the same for everybody do you use well, what app do you use do you use notion do you use todoist do you use like tasks in on your phone, like the default tasks app, you know, do you have a paper written? Do you write out to do this every day? That is a very, very personal thing. Uh, and yeah, like, take what works from it. This isn't, I, I would never, I would never say to anyone, this is how I get my stuff done. This is how you should get your stuff done. I go, this is how I do it. And this is why I find it useful for me right now. And like you, Lydia, I've been through well, I was like, yeah, seven I've been to I've been through a lot of, of different systems and frameworks and tools, and I've kind of landed back where I started, which is in Todoist. Funnily enough, it is also where I ended up recently. Um with the my yearly theme of resetting. It was one of the one of the things I did with and and with now being completely self-employed and all of those bits and pieces, I'm like all of the systems I had before feel like they're not up to the task. So I have two ways to do it. Either I'm going to sit down and spend a stupid amount of time sort of trying to update them and try to retrofit them into the way I need to work right now. Or I will do what I recommend most people start with is get a piece of paper and a pen <laughs> and just write everything you need to do today. Yeah. And anything else that pops into your brain, write it there as well. And... If at the end of the day, just have a look. Have you missed anything important? Is there something that you know that you have thought about today that has to be done tomorrow? Make into a new piece of paper for tomorrow and rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. I am honest with you. I think I'm gonna stick with this. Okay. Well, actual, actual pen, pen and paper. Actual pen and paper. Mm-hmm. Whilst I, and again, I think this is also like a huge problem when it comes to productivity. I think I quite enjoy toying around with different tools. Mm-hmm. because, again, I'm a techie. I like mm-hmm. figuring them out. I like, especially when it comes to like things like Obsidian and you know where you can make full-on scripts within Obsidian to, uh, you know, 
push information that you need to do like you know display the the, the notes that you have written for yourself to do like templating and uh, automatic like note generation all of that sort of thing it is nerd gold <laughs> and that's why like a lot of nerds actually do like obsidian but I found myself really digging into that. And and I, I've, I've used this phrase with you a lot of time, and I don't know if we should uh, censor it, but it feels like productivity porn. It feels like something that I'm just doing for the sake of feeling. And that's why I like that you put in being productive versus feeling productive. Using all of these tools and setting systems in place and doing all those bits and pieces makes me feel like I'm actually being productive. Yeah, It doesn't actually make me productive. So that's why I decided to just tear tear everything down throw it into the wind i'm currently and i found myself for the last week i'm not really using obsidian because i've made the decision of lydia you will only put things in obsidian that you know you will need in the future things that are important things that you really want to reference back to not just anything and everything for the sake of creating like a big old mesh because if if folks have seen anything about obsidian i think the first thing that people show is that humongous mesh of connections between different notes because it has it has a, a thing called backlinking, so you can link all of your notes all together, and it creates this v- beautiful visual diagram of practically your second brain, right? And it's very futuristic. It looks very cool. So I think that that's what I was aiming for. Because again, I would see these people that I look up to, and I go like, man, they have these these beautiful systems, right? So what, right? Who cares at the end of the day? And if your goal is to make those systems and to make them pretty. Absolutely. You know, go go do that. My goal is to get shit done. <laughs> it's not to actually play around with systems. So that's why, Paul, I, I, I mentioned like, that I have a radical <laughs> reset. That was it. I just decided to throw everything into the into the wind and say, I don't I don't want to use Todoist. I have used Todoist before. I've used Trello before. I have used Tasks. I have used uh, Any, I think was another one. I have used all of them, Paul. All of them. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a complete step back and just saying... All you get to use is a pen and a piece of paper on your desk. The moment I reach the limit of that system, which most likely I will at one point, most likely at some point I'll have to leave the house, (laughs) which I haven't done, (laughs) you know, in the last two weeks (laughs) because I haven't been traveling anywhere. But I'm traveling to Denmark in March. So maybe that point, or maybe I'll just bring a notebook with me, you know, like the good old days (laughs) where I just Mm -hmm. write everything down. So, yeah. I don't know how I don't know how interesting this episode is going to be if like all Lydia have, gets to talk about is like oh yeah I really like this pen <laughs> this pen is great the I have a real love for like my, my kind of first like love before productivity apps it was finding the perfect like mechanical pencil and the perfect notebook to write with like is it, and, and, and you can't really get better than a moleskin right personally and again very personal very personal things but that's my favorite and i love i love 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 pen and paper and for making notes in most contexts like making notes in a face-to-face meeting pen and paper all the time writing you know i still write stuff out longhand i still have a paper like i i do a daily journal and I'm on to my sixth year of doing it that is a physically written it's only like a, it's like a, the whole point is like two, two lines a day that would not work for me to do that in like a notes app I just don't I don't sort of kind of connect it I have to write that out physically I have used written to-do lists I think really where I got to when it comes to productivity and actually let's talk about just even just task management is and the reason I landed back on to do this, and you touched on this, is the fact that like going out of the house, 
is I was like, what do I want it to do? What I want to be able to do, I want to be able to have a, bearing in mind that I work across uh, iPhone and iPad and a Windows computer and Outlook, I just want, I want to know what is the best option for me. And when I was looking into it, I needed a Todoist, has an iPhone app, has an iPad app, has a Windows app, has a browser one, and it has an Outlook, uh, Outlook integration so I can create tasks for my email. Yes, it also has a plugin for Obsidian. So I was like, when you, st- and, and I was like, huh, I solutioned it, if you like. I started at what was my end goal, <laughs> and I worked back from there and went, what is the best way to achieve what I'm looking for? And that's how I got to it. And I think that's where I'm going to stay. How do you deal with the feeling versus actually being productive? Do you, do you have a limit to yourself of how long you spend in these systems? I've had to limit myself because I think like you, I like to play. And this is why this is why I quit. I'm basically quitting Notion for personal stuff. We use it for the podcast for show notes. It's great for collaborative stuff. I think I found, and I think more than like Google Docs, because you you don't. It kind of has a file system that's all all in. But I'd spent more time trying to make my Notion work in the way that I wanted it to work than I actually did using it. And that's a problem because to your point, you just have to come back to, if you think of something to do, write it down in any way, shape or form that works. It doesn't have to be in the app that you use. And again, that's what pulled me back into Todoist is that if I'm out walking and I get something to do, I pull my phone out, type it in, done. And it's there and I get back to my computer and it's synced. On that front, by the way, because I was right before we recorded, I went on a, on a walk and I wanted because I wanted to think about some show notes and I wanted to think mm. about you know what 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 are we going to talk about today? I do use Apple Notes for that, but then when I got home, I sat down and I rewrote the things that actually want I wanted to talk about. Which, mind you, it's super easy for me to as I'm walking just to type in like six or seven bullet points. When I come came back, I decided actually no, only three of them matter. Yeah, and I think that's another really great thing about writing, you know, actual handwriting things. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why, especially if you're journaling, if you have the need to journal, I I, I have an on and off relationship with journaling. I I think I have like a situational journaling habit where I journal when I need it, in the sense of you know I have things on my mind. I'm going through some couple of things. One of the things right now, for example, that I'm kind of trying to or. I very often use journaling when I'm trying to negotiate with myself about a certain topic. So my most recent one is about corporations versus entrepreneurship. (laughs) And it's a big topic at the moment in my head, obviously with the transition that I made from being in a corporate job to being, you know, with my own business. And suddenly a lot of the, that's that's another topic that I think we need to talk about at some point as well, which is like burning your boats as you're taking a new step. I'm a big fan of burning your boats. (laughs) But yeah, uh, situational journaling is what I call that exactly. When you have something in your mind, you have something that you want to just dissect with yourself. I'm not really good at just sitting and thinking. Like my partner does that and it's really strange that he's able to do that. He will just sit and do something. He will play a video game and at the same time he will like sort of digest and go through different... I can't do that. I don't think I have the capacity to do that. So the only way I can actually do that is one, talking to people. Hi, Paul. (laughs) One of the reasons I love this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the second is sitting down and writing either, again, on a piece of paper, in a journal, whatever. But I don't have this habit like you do, which is like, you know, like daily inputting 
what is on my mind or what well, if you don't mind me asking if it's not too personal sure. what is the prompt that you have in your journal is it just summarizing your day or it is not even that so it, it's 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 not even like it's not journaling in the sense of going down it, there's no there's no prompt uh, and it right. started it was started in 29 start of 2019 end of 2018 i read an article in a magazine that said i still remember this was if my house was on fire, the one thing I would grab is my five-year diary, because it has all my memories in it. And it's and I, I can put some we can put some links in of, of what it like, but I can show you one. Actually, so I have folks listening. I have this is my one that I finished at the end of last year. So my five-year diary, and it is honestly. Let's go to April twenty-third, twenty-fourth, and you've literally got five years, but you just say, and this has four lines for every single day. Uh, let's have. Do you know what this is? This is not a setup, but I have the page it has fallen open on, April twenty third, twenty nineteen. Another oddly productive day. That's <laughs> what I've written down. <laughs> I do journaling in the sense that you're talking about, which is like journaling to process what's going on in my head, and I do that, and that's when I have to write. I have to do handwritten notes, and the time I did that the most. Surprise, surprise, was during lockdown when I was like journaling every day and I was writing like two or three pages, A, I had the time to do it, but also I just needed to like process that stuff. That is so strange. It it feels like you're meeting with your older self, uh, older, uh, like older time-wise, but like younger self. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we keep on referring to this, like, you know, we were making content, content for us like a couple of years back. I, funnily enough, listening to you, it's like whilst I... It's very endearing that you do this. I think it's very cute. <laughs> I have no desire to listen to what me three years ago has to say <laughs> or what she was thinking about. Because in the sense of, and again, like this is something that I've, I've sort of processed quite a lot and I've thought about quite a lot. Me who has made decisions or who has gone through this, you know, experiences, especially, and I would say five years, right? Five years mm-hmm. ago, me mm-hmm. is a person that I don't know anymore. Yeah. Because we so rapidly change within a span of time. No, that's why I have found it so odd when you watch like all those, you know, chick flick movies of like, you know, oh, you've changed, right? I don't, I don't know who you are anymore. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good thing, right? I like seeing pictures and that's why I, I take quite a lot of pictures and I, I love Google Photos for this because it occasionally brings up things that have happened, you know, let's say like five years ago. And I look at it and go like, oh, hello, stranger. Like, I have no idea what you were thinking at the time, but yeah. I'm happy that because of what you were doing, I am here right now. But again, I have I've never had the desire to actually document my life in that way. My uh, and it's not an ability because I don't think it's a good it's a good thing. I have the tendency, let's say, to whenever a big change in my life happens, I burn the boats behind me. I don't know if you if you know this like the idea is that whatever you're doing, there's no turning back. There's no yep. path backwards. There's nothing. Yep. That's such that you just have one way and that's forward. The boats that you came in with gone ashes <laughs> into the winds and i found that i i do this and it was the, the clearest signal of that was when i first went to denmark because you know 19 immediately after high school i just went and i said there's no going back right it's gonna be hard it's gonna be super i did bless i had no idea how hard it would have been it would it would be going forward but i was like no there's no turning back However hard being abroad is going to be, I have to make this work. I cannot go back to my parents. Of course I could, and they would have they would have me back in a heartbeat. 
but I feel like I wouldn't have been able to move past the difficulties I had if I had this this idea of like, oh, I can always just fold and go back home. Right? I just didn't, I didn't leave myself that option. I did the same thing when I went to the UK. There's no going back. I need to make the UK work. Like I need to get a career. I need to figure it out. I need to do this. And I find myself doing the exact same thing now. That if I if I don't convince myself that no, you can't, you you know, can I go back and find a job if the business fails? Sure, technically, of course I can. But I need to convince myself that no, bolts are gone. You need to make this work. You need to move forward. You need to step ahead. You cannot, cannot, whatever happens, do the cozy and comfortable thing of going back and finding a full-time job. And I wonder if that mentality is also pushing me away from documenting or being or looking back in a, in a historical fashion of like, you know, oh, look at how far I've gotten or thinking about past me saying like, oh, how proud would she be of where I am right now or how surprised she would be. from. Honestly, I don't give a crap <laughs> about like what, <laughs> what past me would think because she was so busy doing her own thing. And, this, and again, for most of these situations, completely different person, right? A completely different person to me made the choice to leave Bulgaria and go to Denmark. Mm-hmm. The only thing, again, we have in common is again this this mentality of like, just burn them all. <laughs> like, just don't, just don't, don't look back. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> and I do wonder if that's, that's the reason I'm also so... Again, I don't put a lot of value in... I love that you're doing it. And again, I think it's so nice. But I can't even imagine what value am I going to find in looking when, back. Yeah, when I was your age, I, I, I wouldn't have done it. And no, but that's not like that. But there is. <laughs> I think, but again, but it is. Back in my day. Back in my day. We didn't have, we, we didn't have all this stuff. Uh, <laughs> what accent is that? <laughs> Richard Farmer, remembers. <laughs> but no, mind, mind you, like, I, 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 take, I take the piss a little bit when it comes to the age thing, but... Genuinely, because again, I think I haven't compared ages exactly, but I think you're you're the same age as my partner. He also doesn't do this. He has no desire to look back, and I wonder if it's the kids that's actually the the, the factor here rather than the age thing. That that I was I was gonna say that's I think that's the second part of it. I think the I started this before I had kids. Mm. Um, that definitely is a component of it. And I think that I, the other kind of this aspect of my personality is that I've always struggled with like letting go of physical things. Right. I've always been like, oh, so so actually having like a way of just recording stuff helps with that because I go, oh, you know what? I don't need to hold on to this physical item anymore because I have I have a, I have that kind of moment captured. And I again, I I think it's. I have a real problem with that, like, oh, if we could only go back to when things were were easier. And I think as well, it's some of, like, the early experiences. That I had. This is not to make this sound, like, really, really grim and dark, because um, it wasn't, but I just didn't have a great time at school. Um, mm. Academically, it was fine, but, like, the rest of it, I just didn't really have many friends. And I think I, I, I kind of... I like this fact that I can now look back and go, oh, look, this is where I've ended up. And I... I like looking back because I think it it's a good reminder of you never quite know what's going to be coming round the corner next, and that's actually okay, and mm-hmm. everything will be okay. Again, not to be too happy, clappy, airy fairy, <laughs> but it does because I also 
I look back and I go, I know what state of mind I was in at the time. And again, I, I, I never look at that. That's the first time I've looked at that diary since right. December. Right, so you're not referring December. to it. I'm not like going back to it like something that I'm not I'm not sitting and like getting all nostalgic over it all the time. Um because, you know, that that was what it was. And I think again it's there's the difference between talking about oh I remember when this was really nice and a fallacy because you then start going, Oh, I wish things were like they used to be You're like, no you don't because you're forgetting all the other stuff that the negative the negative side of it. Yeah. Which is human nature. Okay, so Lydia, I was going to say to you, and I'd be interested to know your opinions on this, I feel like productivity and the, let's call it that thing that you see, in, in, in productivity porn, which I think we would both define as, whether it's videos or posts, or whatever it is, all there is that stuff, which is, here is my five tips for getting more done. Here's how I write on LinkedIn every day. Here's how I get three days when you have one day. And it's the kind of stuff which you can parody, but it's also the kind of stuff that is being put out there and I think is actually really quite toxic. And I know that we we kind of have similar views on this. But when I look at that, and I I think the realisation that I had fairly recently with, with that stuff, not that I was ever buying into it, but just with like productivity in general, is there is a law of diminishing returns in terms of the amount of time that you invest into, and we touched on this right at the start, the amount of time you spend trying to like get your productivity system. Again, this is why I've gone away from Notion, because I was spending so much time building out a task manager that I wasn't getting any actual, actual my actual kind of, the work that I wanted to do done because I was spending so much time trying to build a system to do it. Similarly, when I started using Obsidian, which I, I really like for taking notes, and I would say uh, is a it get can get very nerdy, but also you don't have to use it in the nerdy way. You can just use it as like a note-taking application, which allows you to link notes together which again, if you're talking to the same people, is kind of really helpful because you can have that history and I find it useful in that way. But it's why I landed back at Todoist because I went, I'm spending all this time trying to find the perfect solution, trying to build out a task manager in Obsidian when there's a perfectly good app that does just that. I don't know what you, if you've had that sort of similar experience. Oh, absolutely. I had it both in Notion and Obsidian, where I was like, "Ooh, I love the system. Let me make it my be all and all." I keep on, I kept on referring it to as well, and I think it showcases quite well where my brain is at the moment, at that moment, which was like I titled all of them like Linos, aka like my operating system, because I just wanted everything to be shoved in there, and to say. And again, by the way, this is all. This is none of this is my ideas, right? I'm all. I kept on trying to emulate people that I look up to when it comes to their content creation, when it comes to the way that they position themselves as like, what is it that they're actually achieving? And I'm like, you know, ooh, I want to be able to achieve what you're achieving. Thus, let me borrow your system. But in reality, and and I, I don't know, and it's going to be like a, like a very <sighs> provocative term, but I, I use it purposefully because it genuinely is that feeling of, and again, feeling versus being productive. 
the more you tinker with these systems, the more you play around with it, the more you feel like you're doing something. But at the end of the day, you have achieved the, the content, the result of it is null. Right? There's nothing there that you've actually been able to do with the system that you initially wanted to do. And by the way, I most likely will find, because with all of these things, when you reset and when you tear everything down, a, a victor is going to arise from that. Like, you know, a phoenix is going to arise from those ashes. And I will most likely go back into one system or another, but it's going to be purposefully built based on exactly what I was like. And again, by the way, there are folks out there that do talk about this, you know, talking about tips and tricks. The one tip and trick, one one tip or trick I will tell to people is start from having nothing, like start with a piece of paper. And the moment you hit a barrier, aka, oh, I wish this piece of paper was online. So it's on my phone or on my you know Mac or on my Windows machine. Then start looking into things, but then look into those things specifically for that reason. Don't try to have something that is going to fix everything and make you sandwich in the morning as well. Because whilst they can technically, it's always about return on investment. Like how much time are you investing into that versus what you're getting out of that system? At the end of the day, when I was doing all of that, when I was playing with Obsidian, you know, trying to make everything work, this, you know, as I wanted it to, especially Notion took me even longer. Notion was about like a two year uh, um, adventure with Notion <laughs> of trying to get it to work, paying money for templates to just even even for our podcast. Right. Like I was still in that mindset of like, oh, there must be right. Notion has to be the answer to that. Because it was the only thing that was also collaborative. Like whilst Obsidian, whilst it can do some collaborative things, it's definitely a individual person tool. Notion was definitely like, oh, if me and Paul are taking this podcast seriously, we need a serious podcasting system, right? We need something that is, we can set up dates and we can set up notes and we can do this and that. And in reality, it was a bigger bother to use than <laughs> was actually helpful at the end of the day. So lesson learned uh, among many but again, if you're going to start with something, start simple and build up. I am expecting that my Phoenix at the end of the day would actually also be Todoist because it's a very, as I said, cross-platform. It's very simple to the sense of like, if you want a list of ta tasks to do, it will give you a list of tasks to do. If you want to set up reminders for yourself, it can set you up reminders if you want to do like recurring tasks, like taking out the bin every Thursday, like it is for us. Things like that. I don't, at the moment, I don't feel compelled to actually engage with it right now. I'll talk to you again in March and I'll let you know <laughs> when I start traveling again. And I'd be interested to see how it goes as you ramp up being self-employed as well. Right now, again, it's a, it's a list of sticky notes and paper thrown around. Because the beauty of being self-employed, at least in my case at the moment is that I get to pick and choose what's important to me right now. So I can start a day with saying like, hey, I have five emails that I need to respond to about people being interested in the workshop. Absolutely, that's that's the first thing I need to do. I'm not in a meeting. I'm not having to respond to questions from colleagues. I don't have to do anything like that. That is the first and most important thing I need to do right now. And that really, from the system I had before when I was employed by VMware, that was the major difference because I had to constantly juggle between different tasks. Mm -hmm. So I could have been focusing on one thing and then I would get a call, which is like, okay, I need now somewhere to actually record what I, where I was at or what I was doing or what needs to get done afterwards because that, that task switching was the thing that was a big killer for me because I didn't have that 
I guess, the space to actually sit down and focus on one task at a time, which I desperately need. I'm not a multitasker. Multitasking doesn't exist. All you're doing is, is, is task switching. And some people are better than others. Whilst I'm fairly good at, switch, at quick switching, I then found it really hard to go back to the original task of getting, especially if it's something relatively creative. And by creative, I don't mean only painting and drawing. I mean like, oh, I need to write a response to the customer that makes sound like the product is actually doing everything that they want. That's a creative task. That's an innately creative task. When I was doing videos, when I was doing demos, entirely creative, but I needed the time and space to do that. And even as, you know, and I was getting through like, you know, especially the second year when I was a, a, an, an SE, at that point I managed to negotiate with a lot of the people I work with. It's like, I need this time of time of day not to be bothered. Still didn't work. It sounds like a great idea, but people forget. <laughs> and when you put yourself on, on silence, they then escalate to your boss and then your boss calls you and your boss is going to be one of those people that you're going to let through your do not disturb uh, filter because uh, if you don't answer most likely the third time around, you're going to get fired. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there had to be a balance in there. And that's why I think my system, my previous system that worked when I was a when I was an SE, no longer applies here because I don't have the same challenges that I do before. If anything, now I'm a lot more. So, is it okay if I describe my system as it is right now? Because when I say just papers flying around, it's not entirely true. So there's obviously like the the piece of paper, and in my case, it's like a bigger sheet of like A3 paper on my desk. I like A3 because it's, you know, it allows me just to draw a little bit more and like collect things in different elements. There's also the little like to-do list on the side. Uh, it's so, it's, it was the cheapest thing I could find on Amazon. It's nothing, it's nothing special at, at all. But it's again, absolutely nothing special. I think it was, it's, it was like, like 10 quid or something. The other thing I do is blocking time on my calendar. So instead of being doing a to-do list, whenever something pops up, I put a half an hour block on my calendar somewhere. And that is a, just as a, a place for me to actually put them on there and then think about like, okay, is this actually going to take me half an hour? Is it going to take me two hours? Is it going to take me three hours? So including, for example, today's recording, I have a task today, a block in my calendar that is two hours long for editing. I might not get the editing done, but that means that today I have decided that on my to-do list, quote unquote, which in my case is just the calendar block, I will be editing the podcast. So I've sort of replaced and completely displaced the to-do list with a calendar. And I found for myself, that is a lot with the way I work. And again, especially being self-employed, I have a billion and one things I want to do all at the same time. And I have to make a very conscious decision. And that's why like you and I are talking about some secret projects that potentially I'm trying to get you on board with for <laughs> next year. But that's the thing I had to say to myself, this is a thing for next year because I know completely realistically, I will not have the, the capacity to deal with it this year. And the only way I can do that is via looking at a calendar. And I do that via Google calendars, by the way. Again, nothing special. Like I'm, for my own business, I'm entirely in the Google ecosystem. So I just have a Google Cal that I just chuck everything in there in big blocks of time. And and by the way, another element to that, because it's, it's something called like, uh, I think it's, was it something time blocking? So time blocking... Yeah, the actual term and time, I always see time blocking come up in the context of CEOs and millionaire entrepreneurs do not do, do this, they do time blocking, which is what you're describing. And I do it, I have done it, and I think I'm a fan of 
I'm, so I block time in my diary to focus. And if I have a particular project, particular piece of work to get done, I'll go, right, I'm gonna focus on that at that time. I also really like using the little desk timer that I know I influenced you to buy one and it's um, we can link to it. It's just literally a like a round time that goes on my desk because I think it's like the Pomodoro technique, which is this idea if you work 25 minutes, you have five minute break. I don't, again, I'm not like splitting my day into these like 15 or half minute or half hour blocks, but what it does give me and it what really helps with that thing that I know we both struggle with which is being easily distracted and always wanting to kind of push down stuff that's coming up onto our list setting that timer focusing it and going you know what this is this is what I'm going to I'm going to work on this pe- this thing for 25 minutes and or or as long as I can work within that 25 minutes to get to a point where I feel I can stop and then come back to it later today and the things that I've yeah, and I've done things around that, and, and that's been a particular problem as as a leader as well, right? Because again, my to do is I have a big long list of I want to do. There's stuff I have to do, and fitting the what I want to do around the what I have to do is really tricky because I have more control over my time than ever before. Well, and then, again, I'm discovering the same thing right now without having to be a leader. <laughs> but um, funny you should mention the Pomodoro. What I have discovered over time is that I need that timer, not for everything, because in reality, actually, I found it very annoying if it interrupts me when I'm into something that I've, I'm already focused on. And again, it's the, it's the benefit or the, 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 you know, being fortunate that I don't really work with other people that will just call me randomly in the middle of the day to interrupt me. So I can genuinely nowadays focus in and refresh my website for three hours straight. And that's exactly what I did. I don't feel the need to take a break at that point because of, I guess, the nature of the work, right? It's not that I'm just on a call for three hours straight that I need a break. Editing a website, for example, has ebbs and flows. Like I would spend some time just you know, looking at pictures and trying to figure out what's the best one. That's a, a little bit of a break. That's a little bit of a, you know, going down in that wave of, of energy that you need to do things. And then I spend like 30 minutes trying to write part of the website that needs to be really concise. That's going to take a lot more energy. So tasks like that have a natural ebb and flow. So I don't feel the need to have the 25 minutes to... Again, it feels too prescriptive. What I do do use the timer for, though, is for things that I don't like doing, like email. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like connecting. And, and again, I don't want to sound like I'm being antisocial because all of these things have to do with communicating with people. <laughs> but I set time for myself to engage with folks on LinkedIn. And the reason I said 20 minutes is because if I go over, I will spend the next three hours on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, that doesn't sound particularly productive to me. <laughs> Whilst, again, it's very important to engage with folks, especially in your field. You know, three hours maybe is a bit much. Um, and as well with things that I don't like doing around the house, right? Like doing laundry, right? I have a timer that I have, you know, in the next 20 minutes, I'm just going to be folding clothes, which I hate doing, but needs to get done. So... I found it really useful for those tasks. I don't find it useful to do it as a blanket you know, use for everything, which is, by the way, what I used to do before. And I would I would hear the timer go off and I'm like, but I don't want to break yet. But then, yeah. and then I set up the next, you know, block of time that I need to be working on. And then mid t- midway through that block, I'm like, ooh, now I need a break. 
Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm a big girl. I don't need a timer to tell me when I need a break. I'm just going to go do that. And then when I go back to the thing that is hard, I'll just reset the timer at that point. So, you know, if Pomodoro has never worked for you, I would highly suggest, the same as journaling, right? Just be it the situational tool for whenever things are tough. Completely. And I take a similar approach. I do the same with LinkedIn. Absolutely. I actually do the same with email. So I have a recurring reminder. And this I, I put this in like two weeks ago. I turned off my outlet notifications because cause I was like, and I check my email twice a day at 10 a.m. and at 3 p.m. And that's not to mean that I don't send emails in between. If I have to send an email and if I kind of go in and see stuff, then that's fine. But I'm not living and reacting to when emails are coming in. And by um, the way, Paul, I just want to add in that even as an individual contributor, I, I did the same and it works. It's not a leader thing where you can no, like just not. tell everyone work by my standard. If you set the standard from the get-go with the folks that you work with, they will work around you. Completely, yes. And and the way you do that, and you're completely right, and I thank you for calling that out. This is this is something that I have had to do as a leader because the volume of emails has gone up significantly. But just because I'm getting more information in does not mean that it is all in really important because a lot of that stuff that's now coming in is for your information or I'm being copied on a thread from other something else that then when I have a one-to-one with one of my team members they don't want to bring up and go oh I've copied you on this so we can talk about it it's not that they're needing me to kind of jump on it in the moment and you can <laughs> you can effectively train people to go these are the best ways to get hold of me and for me it's like phone me message me teams slack whatever like internal messaging application you have calls on my diary calls in my calendar and then my emails and i take the same approach as you as well with the timer we didn't i didn't talk about this when i kind of showed it to you but i use it for when i'm when i have those two times then i check emails i set a 15 minute timer because otherwise you could spend two hours going through email replying to them all so what i do now instead is i'll i'll use that to like do a skim on my emails and this is where coming bringing it back to todoist todoist has a really nice outlook integration where you can create a task from an email so rather than flagging it or anything in outlook and, and this again this is what worked what i found really helpful is having everything in one place and even if you go oh i've got an email from Lydia, i need to reply to that write that down because then you're attaching a an action a task to that email you're so then it becomes a different thing. You're not responding to an email because you have to respond to somebody. There's a follow-up task, there's a follow-up action, so you're going to go and do it. And and again, so I'll go through and I'll sort my email like that. And at the end of the week, I'll aim for, not not because I, I have this thing about inbox zero, but I like to just file everything away because I go, look, if I haven't looked at it this week, if I haven't created a task from it, probably not relevant, and, and I can refer back to it. I'm not deleting anything, I'm just filing it all away. So I think it's that as well. And again, you have to f- find what works. And that's a prime example of what you've done. Really interesting one that maybe, I don't know if you've ever come across it, especially in the beginning when I was in pre-sales, because there were so many, especially like the training and everything like that. Like it was just such a, it was such a grind to get through. 
it was really, really hard to focus on that. But I knew I had a, I had an objective of what I was trying to get from those courses. So what I used at the time was something called Focusmate. Have you, have you come across that? I think so. It's using a very... Well, they figured out something that is very human, which is that if we see other people working around us, we're far more... We find it a lot easier to work with them. So the idea is that you are partnered up with someone else who is doing a task and it's in, in Pomodoro blocks, right? It's 25 minutes, 50 minutes blocks where you practically go on a, on a call with someone that you've never met before. <laughs> or you can have, you know, people that you work with occasionally. And in the beginning of the session, you tell them, hey, I'm going to be working on this and this and this during the session. And then you just, you know, they tell you what they're up to. Then you put yourself in mute and you just start working. I found it incredibly helpful for me because of tasks that I, one, found a really hard time to articulate what was the benefit of those tasks and actually talking to someone or saying to someone like, this is what I'm trying to achieve from this from this piece of work that I'm doing. And I'm this is what I'm trying to aim at for the next 50 minutes. Because it also like really focuses you on what it is exactly you're trying to achieve in that little span of time. So for example, email, right? Email was a perfect one. I used to do email all the time with someone else together because I would just say like, hey, I have a whole ton of email I need to respond to you and I'm sitting next 25 minutes to do that. And at the end, I'll, I'll let you know like how much of that I was actually made, able to achieve. It doesn't work for me anymore. Again, due to the nature of the tasks that I tend to do now, they tend to be a lot more long form. I tend to move around a lot more, which is, you know, really doesn't work with our system. Um, but I found it just incredibly helpful at the time to do that. Again, same idea, set a you know specific set of time, specific task with a with a very a reasonable goal at the end of that. And the other thing they did, which I'm now using, is that they would block in my calendar. And I found that incredibly helpful because you can also change the title of the of the event that I was creating for you. I'm like, oh, actually, I think that's the trick for me is actually instead of having a never-ending list of tasks, I'm going to set a space within my calendar for each specific thing. So even now when you're saying, like, you know, oh, Lydia sent me an email, I should get back to her. If I was you and that was something that I definitely needed to address, I would put it in my calendar. And just like, yep, I need to I need to respond to Paul, you know, by this date. So on Wednesday, I'm going to put like a half an hour block, even if it doesn't take me half an hour, even if it takes me five minutes but I'm dedicating the time to actually address that specific task that I need to do. I think I probably have come across focus, mate. Um, certainly when I was studying, I used to go and sit and work in the uni library because it was that thing of like, even if I worked in the silent area, there are people around you working. It's why now I like working in coffee shops and there's a, uh, a site called, I think it's like Coffee or Coffee which is essentially if you're a remote worker, it's like the ambient noise of a cafe because it's been proven to aid your kind of ability to focus because you have that your brain then you're because you're not working and i always work with i always have a podcast or music or something going and what i listen to varies on what the task that i'm doing i can't listen to a podcast while typing out like right while writing for example it has to be instrumental music and and there's a, a thing of like if your brain is is engaged in like that sort of ambient sort of subconscious input then actually your focus can improve and again it what you listen to works differently for different people so don't by any means assume that hey this works for Paul when I'm and I can put a do you have a working playlist <laughs> I have a focus playlist 
<gasps> I have, I have, it's, it's, and it's a time for music called Post Rock. Right. And I can put a link to in this, in the show notes to this. Uh, and it's that, like, it's very it's instrumental, it's 90% instrumental, ambi, kind of ambient. I've tried different types, and that's what has worked best for me because I, I like that kind of music anyway. And it's like what I tend to listen to like most of the time when I'm not at the gym or running. I have two specific bands that I use for two very mm-hmm. different types of things. Okay. So I code anything techie, anything that requires me really to focus in. I use Disturbed, but like the old album, like the yeah, Disturbed yeah, yeah. old albums, okay. like yeah. they're really like you know when they were really hard. Like yeah. I'm not saying that nowadays they don't go hard, but like it's it's a different feeling. And I started doing that from uni, so it was it was a very funny moment where I'm sitting there coding away, like you know, just it seemed incredibly chill from the side, and then a, a colleague of mine from uni would like step in to move my headphones, and it's just like rock blaring from yeah. like my ears, like. <laughs> How do you do anything with that just overtaking your brain? And I'm like, oh, no, it's amazing. That's, that's exactly what I need. The other one is I listen to, and I don't know if you know this band, Poets of the Fall, when I'm no. doing any sort of art things. And again, it's a very specific album of theirs that I listen to when I'm painting. And that is my painting album. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have a genre for different things. Some Most of the time when I work, by the way, I have like a, like somebody, like a stream of a, like any sort of game. Nowadays, is rim world is mostly rim world. Let's be completely honest. <laughs> I yes, I am still on that on that phase. I haven't I haven't gone over it. So if I'm doing anything that is not writing text, I will have a stream of someone like just chatting and going through the game. And where it's not, and it has to be a specific type of streamer. Like I don't like if it's very loud or very sort of like engaging. I don't like it. it needs to be like very chill. Again, just sort of like someone, someone doing something else in the background whilst I'm doing my thing. It's, I think it's the same sort of like, like you know, brain patterns that is cooking into the same thing as focus mate. And then when I'm writing, actually, I tend to like being relatively in silence, which is the, one of the few tasks I do in silence. I don't, again, I say relative silence. There might be some music, but it's it has to be, as I said, like instrumental. If there's words or anything in that, I can't do it. There can't be words in the thing that I'm listening to because I then start t- just typing the words. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, I think I mean I I listen to in terms of bands. So like when I'm when I'm focusing or like writing, it's stuff like Mogwai, Explosions in the Sky, This Will Destroy You. So like like I say, that kind of post rock kind of stuff. When I need to, uh, let's say, I mean, very occasionally for work, if I need to like build up for something, or I'm like, or big it, or in the gym, it will be with a moment. It's like kind of goes between like Ramstein, Killswitch Engage, Bad Omens, Bring Me the Horizon, all of that kind of stuff, or or heavier. And uh, but I, I have had the thing that you described, like sitting listening to, yeah, I don't know, uh, like Gojira or Cannibal Corpse, and just looking like in the office, just like and someone comes along, is like we're listening to, and he's like, oh, how do you listen to this? How do you know what they're saying? I'm like, oh, this just helps me relax. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you talk? And I'm like, because I can just channel my anger into the music. <laughs> and I, I kind of, um, we could, you know, if, 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 the kind of stuff, it's like, how, how are you like concentrating whilst listening to a song called Hammer Smashed Face? Because I can. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll be honest with you. I, I find, I find music like that a little bit too heavy. Like fair. I like, that's fair. I'm, I'm quite lyrical. I quite like being able to hear. <laughs> what people are saying that's one of the reasons well I, I i tend to be quite like you know i like a band i would i tend to like 
most of their songs. Like mm-hmm. I, w- I could easily just listen to a discography. There are some bands that I like specific songs. Uh, mm-hmm. Slipknot are a perfect example where I have I have a couple of songs. Um, what was the other one I was I was listening to? Uh, Avenged Sevenfold. They're another example. Yeah. Like very lyrical, very like. Yeah. You know, and then they have a couple of songs that I'm just like, no, I can't listen to this. Because <laughs> like, well, <laughs> what are you saying, buddy? <laughs> I look up the, the lyrics. I still have no idea what you're saying. I hate waking up early in the morning. If but then then I I can stay up and be a, like. Again, be productive and actually do work until like two AM. I have no problem whatsoever. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, see, I'm I'm definitely the opposite. And funnily enough, actually, it, I think it's a genetic thing because my entire family is the same. So if you leave oh, my really? parents, both of them, if you leave them to, well, my mom used to claim she was a morning person. She's absolutely not a morning person. If you leave us to our natural rhythm, which usually, you know, especially if we're off on holidays or anything, and especially it's very glaringly obvious when it's the three of us, because we would just all sort of wake up between nine and ten mm-hmm. nobody would get up earlier than that mm-hmm. and like and then we would easily stay up until 2 a.m just chatting like me and my dad mm-hmm. would stay up sometimes until four and then wake up at the same time right we have no problem like it getting up but it's that sort of like pre eight o'clock where it's just like killer <laughs> <sighs> you know you know i can say talking about productivity um my favorite joke when it comes to people talking about the, and this again assumes that you work the whole the like nine to five and people go, here's my five to nine routine outside my nine to five. And I'm like, five to nine, you mean 5 a.m. to 9 a.m., right? Not 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Because I mean, it's, it's because that's when I'm up, right? Is my five, I'm up at 5 a.m. There was a period <laughs> of time in lockdown where I was getting up really early and surprise, surprise, I was getting loads of stuff done. But it's the kind of but it's the kind of thing that only works in a vacuum. Yes. And I think this is this is again talking about productivity porn and and productivity advice. And there's a uh, a side of it which is very toxic, and which is basically sort of the, the, the kind of the the bad side of like self help culture, which is people trying to sell you something. In order to make, you know, it's basically, I describe it as making you feel bad to sell you something which you think will make you feel less bad. And that is 95% of like productivity posts that I see are in that vein. It's like, here am I, I'm really successful. Here's five things I do to be really successful. And there'll be things like, I get up half an hour earlier every day and when I go to the gym and I'm resting, that's when I'm coming up with ideas. And like, I personally, I guess, if I go to the gym, I just want to switch off. And it, it, it embeds this like, this, it's like squeezing a sponge, squeezing every little bit of productivity out of your day. You don't, you don't have to do that. And th- th- there's that side of it. But then there is... There is the side, and we've kind of touched on a lot of it, the Pomodoro thing. I think the other thing that, again, for me, works really well. I don't do this every day, but I do find that this helps with days when I feel like I've got a lot coming up, or days when I have, and this applies to, do you have a day with a lot of meetings in? The, it's called, I don't know why it's called Swallow the Frog, but it's called Swallow the Frog, which is do the thing you least want to do, do it first, get it done. That does help, I find, and also 
from, I find it works for me sometimes. Depends, depends, and I should, I should contextualize this. It depends entirely on what that task is. If it's a easy, relatively easy thing to do, relatively straightforward, I'm, like, oh, it's just, I'm putting this off. Getting it done, it's like, okay, cool. The other thing, again, this helps me just manage that um, productivity anxiety, I'll call it, um, is going and looking at to-do list and going, is there like a couple of things that you could do that would get you, you know, kind of kind of off to a start that would make you feel productive? And it's like, that, that you can do really quickly. And it's like that, again, I don't, to ascribe to the whole if you can do it in two minutes or less do it straight away because you might not be you might be focused and 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 you know again that email thing just because something takes you two minutes doesn't mean you should step outside of that focus to do it absolutely not but if you're starting your day and this is again this is what works for me feel free to try it feel free, feel free to junk it if it doesn't work if you're starting your day and like today i was starting my day and i went i've got a load of stuff to do but three things on my list were to just move calls that I now can't do because of the fact that I'm now traveling to London later in the week. I moved those calls, I checked them off my list and I went, okay, I've, actually that's three things I don't have to do anymore because they're done. And and that just helps to literally like, again, and, and I would say as well, if you're doing your handwritten one, write these things down, do them and cross them out because it just gives you that little, little, little bit of satisfaction of going, it might be small things, but you've done something. And and that's fine. And and the rest of it, forget it. You you mentioning eating the, eating the frog thing. Uh, I found out that does not work for me. That puts me off for the whole day because I have, I have started the day in a, in the wrong way, right? In the wrong foot, <laughs> because I had to do something that I genuinely don't enjoy. I have discovered that actually I need to do it the other way around. I need to start something that sort of like eases me into it. Mm-hmm. It should, it could be something creative. It could be something that actually brings me, you know, joy from the actual task rather than doing the thing that I hate the most at first. Because then I wouldn't want to wake up. Right? <laughs> I wouldn't want to get out of bed to do the thing. Yeah, so okay. I want to have something that I'm looking forward to first thing. And then sort of like once I'm in the groove of doing stuff, mm-hmm. I will then do the thing that you know that takes me the most amount of time, but it's or not, not the most amount of time. Then it's, yeah. it's like the the thing that I don't like because like even when you like you know <laughs> for folks that are wondering, even when you have your own business, you still have to do stuff that you don't enjoy, like admin and dealing with accounting and <laughs> like making a plan about cash flow, which are yeah. incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> but I think again, it's, I guess it's that thing of like, and this is where I I say it's it's very context dependent on the task. Again, real example from the day, I needed to phone my bank, oh, I have to phone somebody, because I had an issue accessing my online account. But I had to phone somebody, and that's just, ah, I hate phoning people. But I got up, and I did it, and I got through, I, I phoned them when they first opened, and it got done, I went, oh, that's off my list. Yeah. So don't, you don't throw yourself into, like, a two-hour piece of work that you're going to hate doing. Also... That I think is again, and this is just this is not not advice, but like I think again, just, just things that I have found that work is like if you have a big thing and you're and it's overwhelming you, see if you can break it down because you almost certainly can. Like if you hate doing the laundry, fold the shirts first. 
<laughs> then they're folded. Then fold the trousers. Then pair the socks. Because, again, it, it, you know, it doesn't matter how granular you make those tasks. If making them super granular works, do it. Right? Because then you feel like you're checking stuff off. And that's satisfying. And I am someone who gets satisfaction from checking stuff off. Massively. Yeah. But, you know, it, again, it, it, it is really just just try stuff out if it doesn't work yeah something that something that does really work for me is uh the eisenhower metrics Mm -hmm. that is something that and i don't do it in the uh, sort of the official again i'm doing the official way of like writing everything down and sort of pushing into different elements first i'm not familiar with the metric metrics by the way it's yours and I'm not going to go into a lot of details of describing it because it's a very visual thing and trying to describe it in an audio format is going to be really hard. So we're going to put a link in the show notes. So whenever you have the time, just have a look quite very quickly. But the idea, the, the goal of that metrics is to figure out what do you need to do right now? What can you sort of decide on later? Which is still, you know, things that are still important, but you can move them to the side and which are not important for you to make. You can delegate to someone else. You can sort of delegate to yourself in the future. As well, it doesn't have to be someone else if you're not working with anyone else. Uh, but it's okay. And then you have things that you just like. You look at them. You're, you're you have a task in front of you, and you make a decision. It's not important. It's not urgent. I would just chuck it out. Um, I have found that to be incredibly helpful when it comes to clarifying things. Mm-hmm. I was around like, what is the thing that I actually need to be doing right now? And it's a whole different topic as well, like especially when it comes to like, and I know I keep on talking about this, but it's, it's obviously top of mind for me at the moment. But when you when you have your own business and you're the, the master of your own fate, you need to be very careful where you spend time because there's a lot of fake work that you can make and we can do to make you feel like you're achieving something as a business. But in reality, you're doing nothing. Like a perfect example would be like making your own um, you know business cards. Well, so it makes you feel like you're an actual business person, it doesn't really push towards what the actual goal is, which in my case is for the business to start making money. That doesn't help. If anything, it actually detracts from it because I'm spending money for um, on business cards. I haven't done that, by the way, just for reference. But <laughs> it is it is work. I make biscuits. I don't do business cards. I make biscuits. Yeah, I can say biscuits. Far better. Much better. <laughs> much better. Much tastier. Um, but that that's really one of the things that I keep on... And again, I, uh, with a lot of these ideas and a lot of these productivity methodologies, you don't have to follow them through and through. As I said, like it's it's that metrics is it's very visual. You push things around, you move them things around. Um, when I get really overwhelmed, which is usually when I start reaching out to these tools a lot more, the way I've done it is I've taken a bunch of sticky notes. I've written down things that I want to do because I usually have a list of like 40 things going on in my head at the, whole, at the, at the same time. And I just position them next to each other and I put it in one group. I put the things that I need to do as soon as possible. So they are they are very urgent and they need to be timely. So I put them to the side and go like, okay, you're going to be part of my calendar blocking for today and tomorrow because you need to get done ASAP. Then are the important things that I'm like, okay, I will need to deal with you at some point or another. So again, go back to the calendar and I start positioning them in you know a couple weeks time. Then I go to the delegate one and I'm like, okay, do I need to talk to someone? Can I chuck this onto my accountant? Can I ask someone else for help? Can I do, you know, can I ask Paul to help me out with this? Can I talk to whatever, whomever I'm working with? Can I turn it to them? Or even better, I'll just position them further, even further down next month, the month after that with some context so I don't forget what I was thinking at the time. And then I, very often I find myself with a bunch of sticky notes 
that as I was writing them, they're like, oh, I need to write them down. They're really important. And when I think about them more than just a couple of minutes, I'm like, actually, they're not really that important. So I just take the sticky note, I crump it <laughs> into like a little ball, and I chuck it to the side. And that to me, because you were saying about like, you know, um, like taking a task or like scratching it off the list, to me, that crumbling up of tasks that I suddenly realize I don't need to do, that to me brings me so much joy and so much clarity because like, okay, you've done the due diligence of thinking about it, not important, mm-hmm. chuck it out. Yeah, and, and I think your thing about the Elden Hand Matrix is how I feel about Kanban boards. Mm. in that I think they are a useful way to visualize what you have to do, but you can, like anything, and I think the the, the thing is like you can, you can over-engineer any of these systems and frameworks massively, and the moment you do that, that's when you start, that's when the law of diminishing returns really kicks in, because you're starting to go, well, I'm now just spending so much time building this system and it's not working when actually you could just get stuff done and and a real example i have found very recently again is like writing on linkedin and i have published more on linkedin in the last like two and a half weeks since i stopped thinking about when i was going to do it and just started like when i'm out and about and it's like if an idea comes to my head for a post if it's a full post i will stop i'll write it i'll hit send i'll hit publish right if i make some notes i'll come back to it but just being more spontaneous as well is really key. And I think, as you said, with anything creative, like don't let the pursuit of being quote unquote productive kill that spontaneity. Because I think that's a real danger as well. It is. I found myself a couple of times doing that. I found it, especially nowadays with, I kept on thinking like, oh, I need a content calendar. Oh, I need to like pre-plan content, which again, with a lot of these things, the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? There's a golden middle somewhere between doing things on the fly and having a content calendar in place. I haven't reached that golden middle as it stands. I am sure I will at some point, but right now I'm far more on the, and and I'll be honest with you, a lot of the things are, are on the end of the spectrum where it's more spontaneous rather than structured. Because, and that's why, again, I reset it all the way down to a pen and paper. Yeah. Because I feel like in the attempt to be the best I could be, because that's, at the end of the day, let's be very clear, that's what people want to be productive. They don't want to be Mm. productive for productive sake. They want to be productive to be able to be the best self that they can be. Uh, Yes. Yes, I know. And and I think you're right. So 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 there's two there's two reasons. I think I think you're right in some sense, and I think that that's what productivity porn stems from is being the best version of you that you can be and being the most most efficient, doing the most stuff. For me, being productive is about optimizing my time to make sure that I have time to do the things that I want to do, and and that is whether that is spending time spending time with family. That's going to the gym, that's going for a run, that is playing video games, even though I don't read really much anymore. It's reading a book, it's watching a film. And I think that if you're aiming to be productive, and if, you're, if what you're doing is going, I feel like I am not getting anything done and I'm disorganized, and I want to find a way to to manage the kind of the, the overwhelming list of things I have to do, great to-do list write stuff down get stuff out that's a really good way of doing it but don't look at it as a way of going here is how i'm going to 
100x my following on social media or in six months build a six-figure side hustle because you're looking at it the wrong way around. You're looking at it from a kind of a, a material goal, a material end, whereas like you're if you start with a an end that is more emotional and even for you building a business like you have an emotional attachment like you want the business to have a cash flow because that will then mean that you feel like you're able to you know, that, that, that is an emotional thing right okay, well, okay the business is doing well it has money coming in and, and you're I can working, live off it you can live <laughs> off it but that's the thing but you're starting at that end and that's the place to start from and that's where again yeah. I would say start from that point because because being being productive for the sake of being productive is the worst thing that you can possibly do because it's just there's no point right great you were more productive all right how did that move the needle on anything that's important to you 